0: and Jordan 100% engagement
1: It's a total disrespect
0: Download, stand well back, listen Jim White and Simon Jordan I don't see that view. you Outspoken with White and Jordan From the world's biggest sports radio station Talk Sport
1: Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White and today myself, Simon and Danny Murphy reviewed England's win and performance against Scotland. We discussed the exceptional potential of Jude Bellingham and asked how far England can go at the Euros. Plus, Southgate hits out at the media's treatment towards Harry Maguire. Has it overstepped the mark? And booing the national anthem? Is it good-natured banter or a sign of disrespect? This is outspoken with White and Jordan. Well, now my little English friends. Good morning, everyone. Congratulations.
2: Yes, (laughs) you didn't really break sweat, did you? What in considering the outcome or the game itself?
1: Uh, Both, really. Yes,
2: yes, yes. The answer.
1: I mean, um, to say Scotland were a disappointment. Danny is putting it mildly. Good morning, Danny. Good morning. I, uh, do you know what? It's not so much they were a disappointment. They were just outclassed.
3: I, sometimes you you just got all your hands up. And so England should outclass them as well, with the players we've got compared to your squad. Yeah. You know, they've got wonderfully gifted players and they performed it like they had a little rocket from maybe the uh, performance at the weekend. And it was comfortable. It was
1: comfortable. It was, comfortable. It was way too comfortable. Simon, so, mean, not only that, um, we were looking at this this morning, The last time Scotland beat England, we've had six Prime Ministers since. (laughs) PlayStation 2, 3, 4 and 5 were released. The iPhone was invented. Saka Foden and Bellingham weren't born. Mm. I mean, it's gone on a long time. What is depressing this morning from a Scottish point of view, as Danny rightly says, is the golf was here to be seen for everybody. It was laid
2: bare last night, wasn't it? Yes, but... Obviously you're talking to someone that's unsurprised by the outcome, that had the conversation with you yesterday, that spoke about the reality of the value of this game to the English is far different to the Scots. Mm -hmm. We are more concerned about losing than we are about winning, because losing comes with the aggravation of having to listen to people, rather than the euphoria of winning because it's priced in to our thinking. I would have expected England to be a better side than Scotland. I would expect England, because we have a bigger league. We have all of the odds in our favour. Yeah. And the only noise that we have to listen to is the background noise from those such as yourself.
1: Thank you. I mean, Danny, when it came to it, levels ultimately came to the fore, didn't they? And England are on a way different level to Scotland. Well, they played really well, actually. They played through the lines
3: beautifully. That's because they had, you know, the two centre-halves, Duncan, Gerhey, both really comfortable on the ball, playing through the lines, that helps. And then Bellingham... I mean, don't know where to start with him, really. He's, he's incredible for his age. Um, and the likes of Foden and Rashford around him, it was it was great to watch. There was a real creativity about him, yeah. a real freedom in the play. But, you know, you have to put it in perspective. It's a friendly game against lesser opposition. We would beat 9 out of 10. So the fact is that you don't learn that much from playing teams of that quality,
2: really. Mm. yeah thanks zero, very much it's a zero-sum game for us all right now yeah enough now but it is enough now it is there's no joy in this it's like pulling the legs off a fly or putting salt on a slug yeah it's not particularly rewarding Have You ever yes. done that? yeah no but We've i've seen, seen people seen it, that yeah. do it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, we, we'll, the, we'll the words down. in this
1: well-known phrase your face shut <laughs> um but this was steve clark post-match England played very well I thought especially the first half
3: uh, they got the 2-0 lead makes it difficult to come back decent response in the second half from us I thought decent response we had a good 30 minutes where we were f- trying to force the game to get back in we got back in on 2-1 uh, switch off again and the game goes 3-1 it's, it's over but I'm not sure I was the one getting carried away too much uh, I said the game would be something that I could look at afterwards I had some things I wanted to see tonight before we go to Spain next month for the competitive game and I'll go away I'll an- analyse the game and I'll see what we can do better
1: Alright well that was Steve Clark. another Scott who was very direct last night on telly Graham Soonis. Danny England are a really good team at the moment and I think they're destined to get their hands on a trophy with this group of players so this is it isn't it the time has come is the time Germany next summer Well, it's got to be, hasn't it, for Gareth? Um, What, because we beat the Scots?
3: No, before the game, I'd say the same. This is the best opportunity we've had in a long, long time. Yeah. And I I think if we don't win it, irrelevant of our luck stories, irrelevant of how we play it, I think that'll be his last tournament. But he's got a great opportunity with this group. If he's got everyone fit, he's got a wonderful opportunity.
1: I mean, it'd be a failure if he doesn't win it, would it not? With this, with, with, with this team I know we've spoken About this so often But with with talent like that And I know Yes it was the Scots And I get it And you're yeah. not wrong To say that incidentally mm. Got to take this In the chin this morning I mean My Twitter account Was difficult not to Isn't it Yeah It was like on <laughs> meltdown last night Don't you worry I'll front <laughs> up to it Because you have to Front up to it But with the talent That England have got Yeah I think Simon The time has got Almost irrespective Of what Gareth does The the
2: team on the pitch can do... Look at the free roll Bellingham's got. Sure, but we are always able... Okay, there was a lot of disappointment about the performance and the the noise was very different. And I wonder if as soon as it had been perched in the studio for the Ukraine game, he'd have been saying the same things as he's now said about Scotland, about our performance against Scotland. When we come up against better opposition and when we come up against opposition that's capable of doing to us what we're doing to them, then the questions need to be asked and subsequently answered. And they have yet to have been so in previous incarnations. Yes, of course, three attempts. In most instances, three strikes and you're out. And in Southgate's instances, you a semi-final, a final... And the loss to France, a quarter final. Uh, yeah. So with that in mind, he's getting another a roll of the dice, and probably to some extent he merits it. To this, ex- to, 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 oh, to, there you go. No, he merits another tournament. I don't. And, and if that tournament doesn't come with an outcome attached to it, mm. then that's the end of the discussion. As far well, he as he probably I'm concerned. knows that himself, yeah. And, he, and, he, and I, I think he's probably thinking that himself, as we as we rightly say. But this the, the 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 arguments that Graham was putting forward. I don't know whether he's being slightly Machiavellian. I don't know whether he's loading the pressure on England so that he can be one of the pundits when they fall down. At the next opportunity of playing against a big side, that will turn around and say, "Here we are with England again, with all this potential, all this opportunity, this generation of players, and yet again the English disease of children." No, I don't up- think he's that cynical. I think he just. Said it
3: how- I think he said it how he saw it. I don't I think, think he was that cynical in that moment. Should I say? <laughs> possibly not. I don't. I don't. I don't think. Well, most people in football who who understand football see this group of players and think there's no reason why they can't win the Euros because they're a su- they're a super talented bunch. Is it's this an obvious thing. To-
1: more golden than the so-called so golden changed? generation say, sorry, of Beckham and the rest.
2: What's changed? Sorry, Jim. What's changed then for most group of people looking at the fact that we've lost everybody that we, on paper, are either matched against fairly or or potentially going in as slight underdogs. Uh, is, has a, have I missed the memo? What somewhere do you mean? Well, we well, every we time got we, to
3: the final of the last Euros, yeah, so therefore and we, we were close and we lost, yeah, and we lost right? right? For various right. reasons. yeah but The lost. World Cup and Euros are different. So when you play the World
2: Cup, the expectation might be different. Might, right. What I'm saying is, go on. No, but what I'm saying is, we're, we're going to play an opposition in the European Championships yeah, are that, on paper, yeah. are capable of beating us. Yeah. And as to date, with the exception of the 5 1 drubbing of the Spanish uh, early in, in Southgate's tenure, most of the time we've come up in big competition or in any meaningful competition, whether it's the Dutch and the Euro-Nations or whether it's the Spani- or whether it's um, the Croatians, uh, the Italians or the French, we fall in fact. So what has changed since since those scenarios? Well, we've got the same group of players to some extent. We've got the same manager. probably the biggest difference. Okay. He's
1: arrived in the scene. He's a, a difference. Bellingham's say the saying.
2: biggest
3: difference. You've also yeah. got players like you'd hope Foden and Saka being better than they were two years ago, or even a year ago. To, you know, they're improving all the time, competing for places. I think there's just a, a positivity around Are we better defensively? It depends who he plays and how we play, again, because the big question the big question for me with Gareth is, is in those big games you're talking about, those moments, yep. can he do something different than he's done before to swing the game in our favour? Yes. And that might be high risk, where you play four or f- maybe five attack-minded yep. players. The big debate's in the middle of the park at the moment with England. He's going to play a back four. We look like we're going to play back four. I don't think he's going to deviate from that. You've got your two wide men and a forward. Now, the big debate with England is, do you play one holding player and two eights or two holding players and a ten? Now, Bellingham can play an eight and a ten as, e- as equally as well as anyone on the planet, right? That's not a problem for him. The problem most people have is that when he plays the two eights, he likes the other one to be a defensive-minded player. So even though he's playing ahead of Declan, it might be a Henderson, it might, whoever it may be. Mm. Phillips played alongside him as a two last night. Whereas most people want to see, if you play two eights, they want to see that being a Bellingham and a Foden, a Bellingham and a Madison.
2: Because it's offensive looking.
3: Yeah, that's the little difference, that those little, those little nuances, if you like, that can win games for you or lose them. And what he's done in the three tournaments so far, he's, he's stuck to the same M.O., which is, I'm going to go against the best teams, Croatia, Italy, France, a bit safe. Mm. And we'll try and get over the line. And it's not worked. So, that formula has got him so, so far, and nearly, yeah. so maybe within himself, he's like, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, And that will get me over the line eventually. Rather than... It hasn't got me over the line. Maybe I should have a little tweak and a rethink. Because I think most people would say, if he went in there, even if it's let's say we played France in the semi-final of the Euros and he stuck Declan Rice holding midfielder and he went, Bellingham, you play as an eight. Don't worry about opening him too much. Get, you know, let's go. And and I'll stick Madison or Foden in there with you as a tech. Two eights. And then we'll have two wide men. So in effect, the Dutch talk about, Dutch coaches talk about it as a, a five and a five. So it's called a five. They used to call five and a five. Five defensive players, five attackers are going to win us the game hmm. then he's more of a six and a four Gareth some people are seven and three you know this 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 yeah, contrast yeah, yeah. Yeah. between defensive minded players yeah. and attacking he minded players he all the time yeah yeah. so for me the biggest question mark is in those big moments not when you're playing lesser nations when you're playing the big boys yes is he going to go we're going to go for this go one. for it yeah. or I'll stick to what I always do and it'll get us over the line
1: but the difference Danny is Bellingham, isn't he the difference is Bellingham. There be. was no Bellingham, of course. In, in he played in against Russia. France. To there was to be no fair. Bellingham uh, against the Italians. No. There was no Bellingham when when you needed him. Uh, you know, at key moments, at key moments. He's a game in, in the past when you've been dominated. If you get Bellingham going forward, I don't think anyone's safe. He's he's he's
3: physically perfect and technically brilliant and he wants to score goals, but his his tenacity and his hunger and his play, I've never seen anyone run off the ball as much as him. Mm. Any young players watching Bellingham should not be watching the goals and the passes and the skill. His running off the ball when others are playing to create space is phenomenal. And he, he, as I said, doesn't matter if he plays an 8 or 10, but he could be the type of player to get you over the line against the France. Exactly.
1: Or okay, a well, through gritted teeth, certainly. Graham Sooner said last night, England destined now to get their hands in a trophy with this group of players. And that group of players includes Bellingham. Is he right? And is Bellingham key to England and Southgate oh, at kidding. last lifting a trophy? The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken
0: with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station. Talk Sport.
1: I guarantee you, last night, as he trudged off the pitch, even though his England had won, Harry Maguire didn't have much to be happy about. So, what about Harry Maguire? Seemingly out of favour and yet still at Manchester United, not playing much, but still at Manchester United, but in the England squad and featuring for England. So, last night, England were looking good at half time. Of course, there were cruise control for England. So, Southgate puts Maguire on and then he scores an own goal. Thereafter, Of course, the critics of of, uh, Maguire were out in force. Gareth Southgate addressed us post-match and he said, no, it's not on. It's not on when Maguire gets. And he didn't hold back.
4: From a Scotland fan's point of view, I get it. And um, I've, I've absolutely no complaints with what they did. It's a consequence of ridiculous treatment of him for a long period of time, frankly. And I think our fans recognised, okay, there might be a, a bit of heat from our own supporters, but we're not gonna have it from others getting into him. Um, but it's a joke. I've never known a player treated the way he is, not by the Scottish fans, by our own um, what, you know, commentators, pundits, whatever it is. They've created something that's beyond anything I've ever seen. He's been an absolute stalwart for us in, the second most successful England team for decades. He's been an absolutely key part of that. I've talked about the importance of our senior players. He's been crucial amongst that. Every time he goes on the field, the resilience he shows, the balls he shows is absolutely incredible. So, you know, he's a top player and um, we're all with him and our fans were brilliant with him tonight.
1: So he's talking about pundits and commentators laying in to Maguire. Simon, in your view, I mean a pundit's added to the fire here. Should they shoulder some of the blame?
2: I mean, I have to say I don't like what's going on with Maguire in terms of this scapegoating of him now, as the terminology that was used inappropriately by Jaden Sancho, but is actually appropriate in this instance. There's one thing, this analysis that people have issue about some of his performances, and the fact that he's not playing regularly for his sides, is another thing turning it into a completely destructive mentality, which has no benefit to anyone. Mm. I think some of it in part is to do with Southgate, I think there's a 50-50 split for some reason amongst English fans that are not having Southgate against those that are having so the fact that Southgate keeps doubling down on picking a centre back that some would say is not in form some would say are not playing for Manchester United regularly so he shouldn't be in the England side some would say that it should change his circumstances because if he really wants to change the direction of travel and people's perception he needs to get out and play and maybe he needs to sacrifice something and that might well be his relationship with Manchester United and all that means and maybe go to another football club where he dispels some of the mythology that's been built up around him because he's not a bad player. I, I've been critical of him. He's a good player. I don't think he's a brilliant central defender. I don't think he's an 18 million central defender. I don't think he's been great in interviews. But I don't think he's a devil incarnate. I don't think he's one of the worst footballers to ever put a but shirt you've on. you've also had a tilt, Adam. I have, yeah. Name, let me take you back to
1: March. Harry Maguire, a mediocre centre-half, who's being picked by a man who knows all about being a mediocre centre-half. It's well, hardly... Will again be on England's team sheet on Thursday that's not a go Sorry, it's hardly an avalanche but is that it's hardly an avalanche well, I think of abuse
2: it's, I think it's I think it's a fair observation I think he is a mediocre centre half I don't think he's an awful centre half you I don't famously think he's, said on this show he turns like an ocean liner I think that's a fair analysis at the time when in conjunction with the performance he was putting in at the time he was poor but to go on and turn it into a destructive, a destructive, consistent ridiculing and parodying of the player. I'm not entirely sure why Gareth needed to address that yesterday. Because the more you address it with a certain section of the audience that are not yeah, having, Maguire, the about... more you're going to amplify it. Because people are going to be defiant in their respect of what Gareth Southgate says. Because they don't agree. You not address it, Simon, surely. Well, well you, 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 you can. You can turn around and you can diminish the argument by not having it, by not giving it the credence. If you know what Harry Maguire represents and you're prepared to pick him, at the end of the day, dissenting voices and destructive voices in the background will only become louder and more vociferous the more you amplify it towards them because there is an element of vitriol towards Southgate in that mix as well. Southgate doesn't come away from that. If there was a complete and utter buy-in to Southgate, then this would be less of an issue as well. So Southgate's part of this mix as well. Yeah,
3: well, I think there's a few factors here and I actually thought, McGuire did really well when he came on he no, didn't give the ball away the own goal was unlucky it could happen to anyone there was no problem with his performance I thought he dealt with it brilliantly the the, the, the stuff he was getting from the Scotland fans but that's not really the big question here it's, it's
1: probably impossible to say an answer to this but if he'd played from the start would that own goal have happened? Yeah.
3: yeah just in a position where yeah. he's trying to the keeper doesn't shout it's one of those things Jim there, those type of own goals happen to everyone but I don't mind, in a way, Gareth coming out and defending him a little bit. You could tell he was passionate. Whether it was right because it's going to create what Simon said or wrong doesn't really matter. At least he showed some balls to come out and protect his player. So I think Maguire will appreciate that. And I don't think it's a bad thing. And that's why he's done it. And I don't think sometimes it's a bad thing for a a manager to do that. From the whole barrage of stuff that's happened to Maguire from various angles, this started because United's own fans started doing the captain Mm -hmm. of their club. Now... I don't think that's ever going to end well for anybody. And they didn't, some of them, not all of them, of course, but some of them. Now, if your own fans are doing that, then it's going to spread, unfortunately. You're captain of one of the biggest clubs in the world. You you are there to be shot at when you've been bought for the money you have. You're earning, what, a million pound a month. Social media has changed. Gareth can't live in the past and compare. Unfortunately, now, footballers off the field and on the field get more um, more of a microscope on them than they ever have before, because of social media and everybody talking every game, every performance, every pass,
2: every mistake, ev- everything. So, you know, I remember. Well, he, but he's talking about pundits. He's yeah, I'm going to get to landed it at the pundits. I know, pool, I, but and I don't understand. I'm I'm telling where you, the, I'm,
3: yeah, I'm telling we you, we haven't you, seen any evidence of that. Well, my my opinion is that the majority of stuff that Harry has had to deal with has come from the supporters yep. of clubs. Not so much pundits and commentators because I don't remember, like you two are just alluding to, somebody personally going for him and saying he's a crap player because he's not. He's a good player and he's played bloody well for England. He's mediocre. Harsh. Albeit back in Well, I don't know when the timing was but at the timing, probably fair because his performances, and this is the other bit I've got to get to, Harry Maguire has dropped from his high level especially for man united and dropped and it became obvious he was struggling whether it's confident anyone's allowed to struggle and play badly it just happened he was doing it in a man united side that's worldwide watched every game from all over the planet and also in a team that was struggling and he's captain for man united and do you know what a great thing about maguire is he never moans you never see him moaning in the press you never see him doing articles. Yeah, it might be affecting him, but he shows up. Every single time he shows up. Great resilience. And that's because he understands it. He gets it. It's just he'll,
0: he'll get through it, but he does need to move and start playing somewhere else. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. world's most dangerous download outspoken with white and jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station talk sport
1: so the teams come out and this was the big occasion this was uh, the 150th anniversary to mark the oldest rivalry in world football scotland playing england england playing scotland the teams line up and then they play the uk national anthem So somewhere in there, you might just hear it in the background as God Save the King is being played at Hampden Park. And many, many Scotland fans let rip when the anthem began. Sammy, where did you stand on this this morning? Have we become an island of anthem boers? I mean, is it embarrassing? As a Scot, that that to me by surprise last night, and I I know probably many around the country said, really? How naive can you get? But I've been to Scotland (laughs) and England games before, and you hear it. I've been to Wembley before to see Scotland play England and many Scotland fans boo it. But last night, I don't know why, but this is just too much. Those who, who too much indulged for you, you in mean, it, for you. those who indulged in it massively dis- showed disrespect yeah, they not did. only to themselves, but to the occasion. and just before you answer it, Simon Scott Cunningham is a good friend of mine. He's, he's a blind gentleman who lives up in Scotland. Um, he goes to Rangers games and he stands in a group and there's commentary for the blind party at the game. Scott, good morning, love your show. Thanks, Scott for that uh, those who disrespected the national anthem last night guys, are a disgrace to Scotland. They should hold their heads in shame this morning. It was such an occasion. You know, have the rivalry by all means, but don't have the hatred. Not at a time like that. Not ever. What what creates an occasion?
3: Atmosphere. Yeah. Resentment. The right kind of atmosphere. Electricity.
1: The right kind of atmosphere. Euphoric euphoric moments. Tell me what. Tell me. Passion. Tell tell me why it backfired on the Scots. Because they're not a very good side. (laughs) No. Tell me what you told me (laughs) earlier on.
3: I heard Gareth Southgate um, talk about Jude Bellingham after Englo in glowing terms, obviously, and he said he, one of the things he saw when the National Anthem was being booed is Jude Bellingham's body language changed. This is what Gareth said. I didn't see this. so And he, and he said he, he thinks it definitely pushed him on to play the way he did. Now, yeah. if that's the case, and I think a lot of footballers, and I'm, I'm, I have to talk from my angle of experiencing intimidating, intimidating atmospheres and things being booed and all these different, you know, from the crowd, just noise. I don't mean anything more than that, but... It does inspire. It does create a want to shut them up. And do, and that creates better football, better entertainment. It creates passion in the heart of me as a footballer to go, I'll shut you up. Yeah, didn't do much for the Scotland team, did it? No, but this, this is the pros and cons of doing it, isn't it? These are the decision-making... No, but the question being, why do it at all?
2: Because it's part of because what we, we live do. Tragically, we live now in a very disrespectful and divisive society that's fuelled by a phenomenon that's never been there before, which is social media. This has um, always happened. No, not to this level. No, like this. Not to this level.
3: Simon, I was at I was at Wembley, England, Scotland in 1988 when Beardsley got the winner. It happened the same. And in fact, unfortunately for me, it was ten times worse because I was I was unfortunately in a part of the stadium where there was violence breaking out right near me. Thank God that doesn't happen anymore. If the worst we get is a few supporters booing remember. a national anthem, come on! A, yes, a I, few. Don't, I don't remember. A the few. Home,
2: I don't remember the home internationals that we've all talked well, I was about. There. And we, and we, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just going to throw a different point in, and, and we can debate that as well. I don't remember the home internationals that we all hark back on and were speaking about the last couple of days. The last one being in 1984, being fueled by an un- yes, of course, rivalry. Yes, of course. An intense desire to be better than one of the other home nations, but I don't remember. And the media are very proficient at this. And I, you know, I, over the years they've always reported when England fans have behaved badly. It's been the cameras have switched away when we we're playing Norway in 1984, and all we were interested in were the fans fighting on the terraces. And I want to watch the game. There's always been, but we didn't hear the narrative that ultimately nation and na- na- national anthems are being booed. There was always an element of jeopardy. Now. No, they knocked yes. seven bells out of each other instead of booing the National Anthem. I understand that I think too. we're in a much better place. I understand place. that too. And maybe that were the case and maybe that that, and that that's a different argument. But we're talking now about the, the, the reflection of, of, of national symbols and we're talking about a culture in Scotland right now. I think that Sturgeon and Alex Salmon have fueled a very divisive set of sentiments that have, have amplified the scenario. And you've got what you described as well which is the traditional rivalry I don't think it's admirable hmm. I don't think it's centred in any kind of, res- of any kind of respect and they'll say no it's not it's not admirable it's, it's inevitable in dis-
3: well I guess are you saying England fans wouldn't be the flower of Scotland if we were the uh, Scottish national we were at Wembley of course they would it's not just about Scottish I don't know. fans I don't know. English I
2: mean,
1: fans, Scottish fans,
3: I mean, Welsh fans. Come on! Now well, too- we've
1: called them out before. I mean, I was at well, England. Do you know Denmark what, Jim? What we'll, what, 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 what we'll have next? What will have next? Let rip! What we'll have
3: next outside Hampden is mean, a load of Range Rovers with uh, hampers in the back and some champagne flowing between England and Scotland fans. Is that what you want? Is that where we're at?
1: No, it's football. Not. It's
3: it's it's passionate. It's tribalism. Passionate, it's, yeah. It is what it is. Why did save that passion sitting.
1: for the ninety minutes?
3: They did. Why
1: let? They rip. did. They why did let as well during the playing. Because of the it national is anthem. what
3: supporters do. And if we want to create this utopian world where football supporters all behave brilliantly and the players all come on and shake, we can't on one. It's a good old football banter, Danny. Yeah, we can't on one. Hand.
1: Look, they're going to play the national anthem. You ready? You've got, you've got you've got Scotland players sad. chatting
3: in the Euros in, in in a couple of years ago, and and one of them getting COVID because they were chatting next to another one. They were too nice to each other. You know you can't have the best of both. You can't criticize what it's like. If you want this rivalry and intensity and great uh, atmosphere and all these th- these things we love about the game, mm. you can't take that stuff away. You can't. See, I'm in the middle. You can't so nitpick. You can't pick and choose
2: the bits you want.
3: Otherwise, we'll end well, up like can. rugby
2: union. you can. You can start get, you know, obviously people are starting to suggest and should have been doing it for some time, that these tragedy songs that are being sung by fans that Which they is think different. is humorous... Well, it's not been different for many, many years because people have been singing about the Busby Babes for as many a year as we can remember. I remember. It's I only recent United, times United that We've decided that that's some, some, something that needs to be stopped. I'm in between the two. About people I'm dying. not offended by this. I'm just slightly disappointed by it and think football fans or certain segment of football fans are rather imbecilic. I don't think it adds anything to the occasion. I don't think it I creates think it does. The, the, the jeopardy in the conversation. I don't think it does at all. I think it's rather diminishing of it well, at an international you, level. I, I, I also think that the narratives that underpin some of this are ill-informed. I'm not going to tell the Liverpool fans how to, to, to view their world and how to see the challenges they had in the 80s but I don't think the royal family have anything to do with the conservative government's decisions in Liverpool in the mid 80s and the fact that they boo these anthems they'll say something different and it's their right to do that mm. but I don't think anyone should sit there and say it's admirable I think it's anything but I think it's anything but. But but ignorant more, but who, who said it, course it's course admirable it's pig of course it's pig ignorance. but I also think that it doesn't offend me because the expression I'm using recently quite a lot is it's priced into my thinking I expect it of them you've come to expect it I expect it of them yeah. inevitable yeah.
1: So that's almost a sad indictment of it Sam well, I mean the last so night Jim, we, Jim, we Jim, John, I'm were trying the best pre-match to pick out some great shots mm. oh, there, there's a woman with her two kids wrapped up in tartan there's, there's another bunch of girls who are at the game tonight there's a group there oh they're all ready for this the Scots are out in force National Anthem gets a pounding it's sad it's unnecessary it's avoidable it's disrespectful if it's, it's all of those things if
3: it's the worst thing we have to deal with in an England Scotland game So be it, I can live with that all day. And I'm telling you this thing, I'll go back to my first point. As a footballer, I enjoy, and I think most would agree, might be the odd exception, but I doubt
1: it, love those atmospheres. And it creates a bit of fire in your belly. I love it that you take your your, your lad to games. If you'd been at Hamden last night and the Anthems played, um, or or during the minute silence for Craig Brown, and he was to let rip with some of the other English fans, would you just stand beside him? I'd
3: like to think not, but I'm I'm not I'm not in that position. So I've not been in a position where I've watched an England or an England Scotland game, and it's got. But I, you'd like no, to I w- think. I not. Well,
2: I why would you son, like to think? I would take my son to a game, and 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 allow him to boo a national anthem, because I think I'm cut from better stock. Well, than you'd Mets. be in a box. Not necessarily. You would, you'd be having no, your prawn no, sandwiches. Not necessarily, no. Next to gym on at your at free all. ticket. Whatever privilege I got in my life, I earned from my own achievements. <laughs> I that's know my background, you right? So my background might have put me in a better position, but notwithstanding, I grew up on the football terraces like you did. Yeah. So my preferred position is to be amongst the fans and enjoy it, and from that perspective, because it's far more enjoyable. Sometimes by being in the media, you can't do that. But the point is, if my son was there, I'd want him to experience it the way I did as a kid. I think I'd try and, and educate him. think I wouldn't want see him, him. I think sitting I'd try there and brewing a national it, But it wouldn't bother me. That much. No, it doesn't. It doesn't offend it, me beyond offence. It bothers
1: a lot of people out there this morning. There's Nick. Great show, guys. I'm enjoying it. Booing the national anthem, though, quite simply, is completely unacceptable to him. and disrespectful to him. There's Donald it and Glasgow. Doesn't mean everyone else God has to share King that bloody view. It's not, not booed at Murrayfield. Well, booing isn't a sign of respect, is it? No, but,
2: <laughs> it, but let's, it, but let's it, but look it at it in but its isolation. You're at know, a football match. So, does this, this so? If you, can, this, if you want to so, boo
1: a, a
3: certain musical theme that some people think it's important, I fine. would out there uh, this Not morning, everyone I, thinks
2: the national anthem no, is, I, is important so as important as other agree people with you that yeah. You stand in silence. Do what Simon, you want to do. Yeah. Correct. You
3: stand in silence. Stand in silence. You don't boo. I can't. Not... I, do you know what? I, w- I wish you two were in charge of the football, work, the FA or whatever, because we'd have this wonderful environment for
2: everyone go going watch. Well, no, it's disrespectful. You know it's you. disrespectful. No, you it know it's. It doesn't offend me. You just say. No, how can you say it's disrespectful?
3: It's... Five oh, minutes ago, right, well, you say you're not that bad. Turn brand. it his no. head, Danny. Do you, you think it's it disrespect? <laughs> Did, but you just said you're
2: not that bothered either way. No, I'm not affronted by it because I've priced it in, which is a sad indictment it. of the reality of what we. So got. you're alright so with I'm a grown-up. I'm a grown-up. No, I think it's a sad indictment of our society that we spend more time being disrespectful to people than we do valuing people. You think it's But We are where Danny. we are. You I, think I, it's sexual? That's alright. It
3: doesn't bother me either way. <laughs> Yeah. Careless football banter, and I would actually, as a player for England at Hamden, I'd rather
1: them do it than not. Well, well, oh, do this up morning. It. The, the booers at Hamden last night when, the, the, when God it save it the King it. was being played, as Simon has rightly said, and I'm in Simon's camp on this 100%. Instead of booing this hail of noise and vitriol and disrespect, why didn't you all just shut up and let it be played? And then we wouldn't be hammering into it this morning. How naive, As we are how doing. How naive of a request. Now, you can think, well, you're late, Danny, but it's disrespectful. Is it a naive it's request? not it's acceptable. acceptable.
2: No, but is it a naive request? Oh, is it naive in the fact that it's ever going to happen? No. Exactly. So what's it's, the it's, point? It's naive in that respect, but in, 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 in the respect let of... Let it be. Let it be a better society. Well, why would we want not want better standards? You're not going to... Because you're, 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 you're asking
3: for perfection.
2: No. not going to ask, for something someone better.
3: Someone booing a national anthem is hardly the crime of the century. No, it's Let's not. Let's put it in bloody perspective. No one's saying that. No one's no, saying let's it. Make it it out a mountain. anything. We we're, no, talk- we're, we're talking of a about, we're talking about a
2: fundamentally disrespectful society. Don't just read out a one sided. You're no, just dr- reading out the people not. who are offended. Oh, no, don't you
1: worry. I'm, I, oh, go on, I'm, then. I'm coming at the others as well. Thank we'll you. take a break. When we come back, we'll get your views on this.
0: The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport.
1: Oh wow, everybody in the country is up and about and listening to this show and talk sport and I'm delighted about that It's Jim White, Simon Jordan and Danny Murphy were talking about the events at Hampden last night On the football front, the night belonged to England, they beat Scotland comfortably 3-1 But uh, before the match, obviously, the anthems are played and what do you know, many, many Scotland fans let rip when God Save the King is being played is it acceptable i would say no i think simon you would say no as well danny says it's down to passion and it doesn't particularly bother you is that where you are you're not particularly bothered by it no
3: i'd actually go get it. you one way no, no, i'd He's actually inspired i actually apparently. go as far as uh quite like it especially as a footballer you like it yeah it creates a really great environment being hostility and electricity okay. that used to i used to thrive on
1: okay okay there's jj in newcastle i boo the national anthem every time it's my right Mm. Uh, I, I don't believe in the liberty that they take. Now, I'm not sure who's going with that. Matt and Welling Garden City. I'm with Danny. It's freedom of speech. It's just booing. Uh, there's another one. Jim England fans, if you remember, booed the national anthems of Scotland, Germany, Denmark at Euro 2020. Where was your condemnation then? No, we did. We did call out the booers in that very tournament. And I was at the, the uh, semi final of the Euros at Wembley, England, Denmark, and they let rip. Some of the England fans at the Danish national anthem. It happens. We're all aware it happens. Last night it happened. You couldn't. You couldn't not hear it. You're it was trying a to intimidate,
3: of noise. trying to intimidate and win a football match, and the fans yeah. are thinking they're going to do their bit.
1: That's yeah. What it yeah. Well, maybe that leave that to the ninety minutes. Leave that to the ninety minutes. I'm trying to intimidate. You. Uh, Jerry, I think you're a Scotland fan. What was your taking it? Good morning.
5: Hi. Good morning, Chops Good morning. Uh, morning. I just I can't believe it's getting so much airtime. If I'm honest, it's. Uh, it's not like when Scotland go to Wembley that you don't boo the flower of Scotland. Exactly. Uh, I completely agree with yourself, if I'm honest, Danny. It's only football. And if you don't already know, there's a large part part of Scotland people that don't really like the Royal Family or the English football team. So you can expect it to get booed. Some of your own fans don't like uh, God Save the King. And boo it themselves, so I can't believe these are giving it so much airtime. Were you there it's last night, Jerry? I wasn't there, no. But if I was there, I would have certainly booed it. Yeah, if you were there, you'd have booed it. A hundred percent. Yeah, mm. I would have definitely joined in in the booing. One hundred percent. And where would it's that have got you? Culture.
1: Where would that it's, have got you? Where
5: did it get anybody? It did, like, well, that's I can't the believe point. You're
1: giving it so much airtime. It's football. People boo at football. No, but I said, where it, did that get them? And you said, well, where did it get anybody? So you're agreeing with me. Got them nowhere.
3: Yeah, but then you're saying what you're actually saying by that is if they hadn't done it and created an intimidating, hostile environment. Intimidating. How do you know? Have you ever played in front of it?
1: What? What? Did, did the England player stand there and go, "Oh my God!" I don't, it know, it. I don't know if I can take it to the field. No, now. but it listen makes, to that volley of noise. <laughs> I'm terrified. Make, I'm terrified. Well, if, that, out this if that's
3: the case, then Galatasaray fans would never turn up three hours before the kickoff or Olympiacos. I've seen France the
1: Galatasaray. I've been in it's Turkey. It's watched them. It's just laughable when they look at you, Danny. They give it all that routine. Just calm down. Well, if you try and play football under those circumstances, you can maybe have an Canton, opinion. I was right. You can have an opinion. Take this, Danny's a Rangers fan. Danny, good morning.
5: Well, I, I was at the game last night and I'm completely with uh, Danny. Um, I, I booed the, the English anthem last night. But, I mean, I didn't mean any disrespect by it.
4: All right. I mean, so, 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 time.
1: why do it?
5: Well, I mean, I, I, I would sing the, the anthem because I'm British. So, at times, you know, I would sing the anthem. But just last night, I think it's the atmosphere. Um, you know, you get caught up. I think there's a lot worse than booing uh the anthem of your opponent. Were you were you oh, try were you that. trying
3: to intimidate, really, that's what you're trying to do. It's not
5: Yeah, it, yeah exactly. you're you're trying to create an atmosphere. Mm. You know, and and it's sort of you know it just sort of the build I mean, put I heard a lot worse. Whenever you're on the stand you hear, you know, personal insults against individual players. I think that's much worse than, you know, everyone sort of, you know, booing. I, for me it's almost it's just creating an atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It's
1: nothing mm-hmm. to Okay, Danny, you're entitled to that view. Stuart, Manchester United fan, finish this off for me. We're coming up to half eleven. What's your take on it?
5: I just think it is complete disrespect. I think if, if you're going to, if you've got these anthems, you can sit there in silence or you sing it. I think there's, I think when you say you're trying to create a hostile environment, there's other ways of doing it. After the anthems, you can sing what, sing the songs, chart ch- your charts, But I just think when there's anthems going. You just sit there in silence or you sing along.
0: The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport.
1: Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review, wherever you get your podcast from. We're back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show.